Oh, man. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's good to have you around. The sounds of the past. Oh, boy. Hey, Jay, you remember you remember this sound? Remember this song? I don't. You don't know Resurrection? I guess not. By PPK? No. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Is the very... Did I let you down? Well, no. Okay. I mean, let down. <laughs> Please. This is, I've been let down. <laughs> I've been let down before, Jay. You're a little numb to it now, yeah. Yeah, this is not, uh, it's not really going to move the needle for me. <laughs> But uh, it is a song from the past, and I hope that everybody's enjoying themselves. Okay, so it is a, it is the 22nd day of the second month, and, uh, and it's the year 2024. Welcome, February 22nd. We are about, we are one week away from closing this one out. One week exactly, because it's a leap year this year, no? Yes. So we got the weird 29-day February. And we've got Jay Gulanello in studio tonight. There he is. How you doing, Jay? Good, Frank. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. You are making history right now. I am. You are sitting here, the first in-studio guest since the uh, the resurrection of this studio. I, w- I thought it was since the resurrection, but it's just since the resurrection of the studio. Of the studio. Okay. okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's no. great. I'm, I do feel honored. I hope everybody remembers this day. Mark it on your calendar. Mark it in your calendar. <laughs> February 22nd. And we've got, oh, damn, we got so much to do. I know. No pleasantries, Frank. we got to go. I know. we got a lot. <laughs> we've got a, a great deal. And I just, um, so let me just get around to thanking my sponsors real quick. That is, oh, damn, sorry. What the hell? I'm not on my game right now. On my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com, everybody's friend, everybody's uh, co-audience members. They are there to help you through the hard times that you don't know are coming. Or you don't know when they'll arrive. (laughs) Blue Monster Prep, go and check it out. Check them out. Everything you need from not only the the water filtration and the, the food and the first aid and all that, but also the knowledge necessary to apply it all. They are certified and qualified in helping you plan and prep with the materials that are going to be necessary if you have to go it alone for any period of time. You know, it doesn't all have to be Lucifer's hammer, but there may be a little bit of time where you just have to lock down and batten down the hatches. So that's um, that's what it's all about. Go check them out. Go check them out and use promo code FRANKLY for all of your shipping to be taken right off. And then for everything else, you need to go and check out our merch, from Rise Attire, there's plenty of you out there that have not had any of the brand new, amazingly put together, quite frankly, merchandise, the t-shirts, and then uh, and the hoodies. I got to get a couple of those before the fall rolls back around again. And then we have the, the, the coffee, the coffee plus the mugs. Whatever the hell you want, you got to go out there. Uh, the, all the links are on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv and some on the clickable banners on the front page. Uh, more gold, silver botanical chocolates, you name it, including a link to this guy's website right over here, Perpetual Health, Jay Gulinello, changing lives one day at a time. I try, I try. Well, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about some uh, farm wars that are going on out there. That's right, farm wars, science fails, (laughs) and a few other off-topic things, but whatever the hell we do, I would be surprised 
I would be very, very surprised if we're able to get through everything that we have in front of us. Yeah, me too. That's a good thing, though. It's a good problem to have. It is, because especially in the second half when we start taking calls and questions, it it takes us to the most amazing places, uh, and, and, and it's all different directions. So that's that'll be good. So let's just get jumping uh, right into it. Remember, tomorrow night, Matt will be in studio. Saturday night, we'll have John Ward in studio for a very special broadcast at 9 p.m., and then next week, it's going to be one hell of a time. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. No, there's nothing next week, just just yet. <laughs> not a hell of a time. No, not a hell <laughs> not of a time. Not at all. I'm looking, Very boring. I'm looking, I'm looking at March. <laughs> next week, you're going to hate it. Sorry about that. So you're going to absolutely hate it next week. <laughs> all right, so the first thing up in the grab bag is this. Jay, the question I have for you is what the hell even is uh, science anymore? I don't know. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> Ready for this one? <laughs> Leading scientific journal humiliated after publishing a fake AI-generated paper about a rat with a giant penis. Oh, boy. That's right. They had to retract. A leading scientific journal faces humiliation after it published a completely fake paper purportedly written by Chinese researchers, which contained AI-generated images of a rat with a penis bigger than its own body. The Telegraph reports that the, the journal Frontiers in Cell and Development Biology published a paper that claimed to show the signaling pathway of sperm cell, uh, uh, stem cells, but depicted a rat sitting upright with a massive dick oh. and four, four giant testicles. Jeez. Uh, the illustration was reportedly created by Midjourney, an AI imaging tool, which <laughs> added labels to the ridiculous di diagram <laughs> <laughs> using terms that don't exist, including... Oh, no. Uh, Dislickled, dislickled, <laughs> uh, testimicels, and centilic. No. Yeah, it's just weird. So they were just trolling. Oh, absolutely. Trying to see if anybody would catch. Well, you know that the other thing is, this wow. reminded me of what we talked about not too long ago. There was some internet sleuth, some kid. I, I think he had you know a lot of background in reading medical papers or whatever, but just an internet sleuth, they called him. Uh, his research alone, and there are people out there who do this a lot, Caused I forgot which uh, esteemed medical oh, journal Harvard I believe was uh, it well, I, I think it was was that the one where they had had to retract like thirty seven papers Do based on this case? dozens of yeah. papers and also uh, uh, you know dozens more um, some other kind of designation that's not a retraction but 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 like a clarifying note mm -hmm. I mean it, it makes you wonder what what the hell is out there it is now considered what what tomfoolery is peer-reviewed that people are actually probably citing for legitimate research who knows well right i mean that's the problem did you see so there was a headline in i think it was the daily mail february 2nd of this year so just recently the situation has become appalling fake scientific papers push research credibility to a crisis point so get the sub headline last year ten thousand sham papers had to be retracted by academic journals but experts think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh -huh. 10,000 last year alone, 2023. And uh, we were talking offline, but James Lindsay and a group of his colleagues in 2008, oh uh, no, 2018, had put out a paper about, uh, it was about um, uh, dog rape in dog parks. <laughs> and, and this journal that was trying to prove, you know, some kind of a social justice point accepted the paper. 
Um, I wish I could remember the actual name of the paper. It was actually quite hysterical. And they, and they intentionally, again, like that other paper, they tried to troll, you know, the academic uh, institution trying to, you know, basically prove, can we get anything past you? And, and I've, I've said this before. There are editors, former editors of academic journals that say the peer review process is nothing more than throwing a bunch of papers down the stairs and publishing whichever ones hit the bottom. That, that it's when, so when people tell you for the audience when people tell you it's peer reviewed I'm sorry but that doesn't necessarily mean anything what matters is the methodology is solid the are the statistics viable is the conclusion of the study even based on the data in the study Frank I've seen papers where the title of the paper or the conclusion of the paper is not in accordance with the actual data in the paper so, so we're just a mess in, in, in so many ways. And I, and I can only attribute this to people not really trying to get the truth out there. They're more trying to, again, just facilitate some kind of narrative or they're trying to confirm a bias. Um, but it's really, it's really getting bad. 10,000 in 2023 alone. I know. And th these articles come out a lot. They do. They come out a lot now. And here's another one that I had to, I had to bring up just quickly because we did a whole show on on testosterone and fertility mm -hmm. and all that other stuff. This came out last week and I guess it shocked somebody, maybe. Uh, study finds that 80% of Americans exposed have been exposed to fertility lowering chemicals in Cheerios and Quaker Oats. I mean, it's probably not just that, <laughs> but um, you know, this is, uh, this is, I was just talking about a story this last night, I think, or maybe the night before, where in some Israeli lab, they had just recreated from scratch they grew testicles they grew functional testicles i think for with a mouse testicle and some other kind of stem i don't know how the hell they're doing it uh -huh. but they said it's uh, testicles where um they just grew them in the lab and they said it's not only a way of understanding testicles the reason why they did it yes but they wanted to address the male fertility crisis that's going on. Meanwhile, this is the state of the average uh, a person's breakfast cereal in America. <laughs> like, it's like, when are people going to going to pay any specific attention to? I, I don't know the food on our kitchen table yeah. and and what we're taking pharmaceutical wise. And I mean, this is Frank. We're always trying to add, or you know, or create something in order to solve a problem, and we never think the first step should be to take away. And and the way I was trained, the first step in a four or five hour process of, of, of healing somebody is remove. That's the first step, remove. Whatever the toxin is, whatever the problem is, you've got to remove that first. You're not going to find a way around it. That's just a shortcut. I mean, I, I you sent me that, that article and I, I had seen it poking around, but the reason I never looked into it was because I feel like in some ways it's a waste of time if you're waiting for, say you have whatever your favorite food is, Cheerios or, or whatever, and you're waiting to find a study that proves it's not good for you, I mean, you're approaching health from the wrong perspective. These aren't real foods. Cheerios is not a real food. It's not a food. This one chemical, it's called uh, uh, chlormaquat. It has been shown in both prenatal and postnatal health to um, affect growth growth regulators so in the womb and out of the womb uh it's 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 no good but remember we've talked about glyphosate before so those are just two agrochemicals that are used and that have been found think about all the ones we don't know about where studies haven't been done and articles haven't been published so my point to the audience and to anybody is 
you've got to get rid of these foods. What are you waiting for? Mm. Every day, one of these papers comes out explaining the mechanism, and then you've got all these social media influencers fighting about, well, this was only done in rats, or this was only done. It doesn't matter. We, we have enough evidence now from the societal perspective or the, the population level to say we've got a massive infertility problem. I can tell you mechanistically how these things affect the human body, the mitochondria, reproductive organs, sex hormones, all these things. So even if I can't show you a, a confirmed causative paper at this time, are you willing to take the chance? I know. And the question is why? If you want to, as we're going to talk about later, I totally support your right to completely destroy your reproductive system. If you're an adult and you want to eat Cheerios and you don't care, that's fine. My whole point is for the people who are searching for answers, stop waiting for them to tell you that something is safe or something isn't. Use your brain, this brilliant thing between your ears. You can discern that. You know Cheerios is a manufactured food full of all kinds of chemicals, but they slap a heart healthy label on it or lowers cholesterol and that somehow makes you sleep at night? Come on. We have to be better than that as a society or we don't really deserve to reproduce to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. You know? It, it, well, of course, like everything, the first step is breaking that bond of trust yes. with people who have no yes. inclination to tell you the truth or care about you at all. Yeah. Um, and they're just serving their partners in one industry or another. The other, or yeah. just a, a little bit of a footnote, semi-related, I think you and I spoke once about the. I brought up the um, the cons, not the the story of cursive writing and cursive going away. Oh, I don't know if you brought it up with me, but I remember I remember you talking about it. We were talking sure. about that, and one of the things that was had been brought up in the past was how the, the people, children, new generations losing the ability to write and especially read cursive mm. would make it impossible for them to read things that were older, that were very uh, of great historical um, uh, historical value, mm -hmm. whether they be old, you know, the ratifying documents or, or letters between the founders or whatever the hell it was. Since we're talking about cheer, uh, Cheerios and all that over here, I was talking with Lauren just the other day, and she had uh, added a little bit to that story and said that uh, it had been going around a little bit that these big brands like Kellogg's, whose main logo is just Kellogg's written in script, that they were they're starting to wonder whether or not they have to rebrand because no. future generations won't even be able to know what the hell they're reading. It's going to look like Egyptian hieroglyphics. Wow. I know? do remember now I was talking about this now that you've you've expanded on it. And and isn't that the sort of isn't the best way to create a new reality to destroy history? Oh yeah. In very subtle ways sometimes like this and then obviously in much more overt ways like taking down statues or renaming buildings but that's frightening that that they think that you know i mean i know there's a lot of brand recognition out there with shapes but to think that a future generation would be unable to read old documents i mean i you know when i study nutrition i go back i just purchased a book by evie mccullum he was a biochemist in the early 1900s and i consider him one of the ogs of nutrition and no one knows him even in the nutrition field, nobody. He was a footnote in one of my textbooks in one of my classes in grad school. And I, for some reason, I just latched on to him because I thought he had said some interesting things. And then I went and did a whole bunch of research on him and he was brilliant, beyond brilliant. And actually, he was part of a research team that discovered vitamin A, vitamin D. He created a list of protective foods that if we still follow today, 
society would be completely different. And he knew this back in, he was doing experiments in the 19 teens, like 1918, 1919. And to the point where the League of Nations Technical Committee used his list of protective foods as a basis for the original sort of dietary recommendations to the public. He was that influential. I just bought his book. It's been, you know, sort of republished and, and um, it's called The Newer Knowledge of Nutrition, but it was written in early 1900. Fascinating what we already and always knew, Frank. So it is this destruction of history, I think, that's also making us sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just made me think of that book. It, it, it's certainly, and I think the more one of the more diabolical uh, aspects of the destruction of history and moving us into new controlled phases of existence is that, um, as it pertains to cursive, that is the destruction of a person's ability to even go and do their own research in many respects yeah. because it'll get to the point where uh, unless somebody is transcribing something for you <laughs> in in honest in an honest way uh then you're you're left out in the cold unless you you teach yourself how to write and read in cursive and you can say oh is that really part of a diabolical scheme is it or is it just that you know we we use it less and less and everything is digital i say i think it's pretty if it's if it's not diabolical even a little bit it is at the very least in insanely short-sighted. Irresponsible, yeah. Very irresponsible that who cares? Okay, we're using computers. We've got these phones that do magical things now compared to what people thought was the technological norm 100 years ago. Why would you let go of things like the written word and why would you let go of things like uh, hand ballot paper voting? Oh, gee, I wonder why. I mean, I mean newer, that's, newer is not always better. There's, it's not always beneficial to improve on things. Some things should stay the way they were. I firmly believe that when it comes to human biology, again, we have not adapted to some of these new food and food molecules. So yeah, you can call me, you know, a Luddite when it comes to nutrition, but I think a guy in the early 1900s had it right. And if we had stuck with what he had recommended, things would be different. But, you know, industry has their influence and you're right, whether it is nefarious, intentionally or not, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's still destructive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got that and much more tonight. Uh, Jay Gulinello's in the house. You guys and gals, I hope you can help me get this show out far and wide. We're going to take this to the top of the hour and then bounce off to quitefrankly.tv and pill.net. Please, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a space, in a place that you have not been cut off by this internet and data powder, power outage, then we will see you on the other side of the intro. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
Yes. Crank it up, Frank. Oh, yes. <laughs> Keep it up high. What else is there, man? The best sounds. Just the best sounds. Driving music, chilling music, you know it. Anyway, welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I urge you to become a, uh, a, uh, a part of the show tonight by calling in in the second half when we open up the lines there, but also by contributing some thoughts um, to the show through any of the Super Chat portals that are open. The Rumble Rants, the Rockfin Tips, the Gold Pills on, on uh, Pilled and QuiteFrankly.tv, and of course, QuiteFrankly.SuperChat.com. Um, it's, uh, it's important. It's important to, important way to sponsor the show just for an evening. And, um, and for those of you who are wondering how things are going with, uh, with crowdfunding and all that stuff, we're getting very, uh, we're moving right along. I, I'm hoping that by spring, at this rate, who knows, by, by spring we're able to open the show up across all platforms again for two hours. It's really about recruiting the support of the audience on a monthly basis and, uh, and getting things getting things uh, workable for a brand new level of production so ladies and gentlemen thank you be a part of it if you love the show and you haven't sponsored yet um love you all and uh and welcome aboard in advance but i'll be there to welcome you with open arms anyway all right um so here's what we have right now i want to just throw this out there and do it real quick and it's this uh, I don't know, this nationwide cell outage today. Jay, were you in any way affected by this? I was not. Yeah, was some not. people weren't. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, it seemed like it was only on specific carriers. AT&T, I thought. That, that's me. Yeah, So, not me. I mean, what I had, uh, when I went and worked out with Rob this morning. From 8.30 to 10 o'clock, Thursday mornings, we usually get together at the park and, and work out. And so we, we went through that 90 minutes and then just hung out and, and talked for another 15 or so minutes. So around 10, 15, I get in my car and I, I pick my phone up and I see if, you know, Lauren texted me or whatever. And uh, I go actually go, go to call her, but I can't do it. I look at my, my service and it says SOS. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So I restart my phone. Uh, comes back on. Still, I have no data. So <laughs> SOS. I said, so, you know. <laughs> That's a frightening I know. message to, yeah. It's yeah, really frightening. <laughs> so I said, all right, well, I'm going home anyway, so let me get there and get inside of a, a Wi-Fi zone, whatever. Mm. Um, that's when I learned about what was going on and people's, uh, people's uh, you know, theorizing about whether or not it is a cyber attack, whether or not it is a solar flare. I did see a solar flare today as well, yeah? Do yeah. you see that? Yeah. I mean, but, but, then, but then again, what are, are some carriers more protected than others? Yeah, I don't know. So yeah. here's what Zero Hedge put out there not too long ago. Uh, and is an X-Class solar flare responsible for nationwide cell outage? Uh, AT&T and other major mobile network operators are making progress in restoring service to customers after a nationwide outage began in the early morning hours. Although AT&T took steps to resolve network issues, the company did not disclose the cause of the outage. According to the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, which should not exist, there were no indications of a cyber attack. One theory suggests that space weather could be responsible for the nationwide cell outage. You know, Ben Davidson was was part of those uh, those people who put it out there. I was been I was I specifically went to go see what he was saying about it. Is that what he thinks? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he that that's one thing that he 
be strongly uh, suggested or at least strongly suspected at first. Mm -hmm. uh, around the same time of the outage, two ex-solar flares were reported by NASA, which everybody trusts very, very much. Deeply. Deeply trusts. <laughs> so uh, meanwhile, ignore the ex-solar flares. Uh, the FBI and DHS are on it. FBI, DHS probes if AT&T issued an attack or tech malfunction. AT&T disruption prompts agencies to probe if there is a cyber attack going on. Um, so outside of the the that whole thing, we had people saying uh, reporting on what the immediate the immediate fallout was. You had mobile providers that were refusing to reveal the cause of whatever the hell this was, and then nationwide we had pharmacy problems for people you know pharmacies working it's all connected through you know one service or another 911 operators were reporting that they weren't able to do their jobs that that impacted their ability to to uh, take calls this one guy uh, chuck colesto uh reported that flagler county sheriff's office in florida said that they had been enabled to receive calls San Francisco Fire Department issued a statement saying that they have been made aware of the issue and urged citizens to try calling from a landline. The citizens that have them left. <laughs> the department added that if if that's not an option, then please get a hold of a friend or a family member who is a customer of a different carrier and ask them to call 911 on your behalf. Well, it's a good thing it's not an emergency. I mean, listen. <laughs> See, now this is what I wanted to bring up about uh, last week. Last week, there was a um, we had these the news that a George Soros, I don't know, subsidiary or whatever the hell it was, gobbled up a 250 radio station network, uh, including WFAN in New York, the sports station. Wow. OK, it's, it's a big chain. It really yeah. is with a lot, a lot of listenership attached to it. Uh, and a few people told me. That it was a silly investment. Don't worry. Nobody listens to radio anymore. Well, uh, I, I'm also not implying by going back to the story that the purchase of those stations is directly related to today's outage. But the point is, if all modern means of communication are disrupted suddenly and easily, uh, radio once again becomes one of the most important communication devices on Earth again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, because if you weren't sitting next to a Wi-Fi router for the for this time during the outage today, then you were literally just floating around with a very expensive watch in your pocket. That's what your phone was. Mm -hmm. But you know, on my way home from the park, working out with Rob, I was listening to WFAN, mm -hmm. and uh, that is uh, one of the stations included in that purchase. So I mean, I just, I, I, I'd say do not discount radio or purchases in that respect, because if we have to get used to these scary moments of blackout, uh, hey, you know? You know, it's just, the thing is, and I, I hear this a lot in professional circles and medical circles, and people wonder why there's no trust in institutions. And this is exactly why, this complete opaqueness. In every scenario, it seems like lack of transparency is the way, you know, the, the way governments operate, the way private industry operates. I mean, if, I mean, I, I guess I can understand a certain degree of trepidation. Maybe you want to discern exactly what this was, but but you cannot instill confidence in the public by simply not telling them what's going on, refusing to comment. If it, if if it's a cyber attack, okay, you know, I'm I'm not asking you to get specific with what you know or don't know, but I mean, can you at least 
can we have some kind of an idea of what's going on? It's just so interesting. And then if this fades away, which like the news cycle tends to do, you're almost left to wonder, is it, you know, like everything else we think now today, it's this priming or predictive programming, you know, where you just start to get used to these periodic outages that have no meaning or have no, have no, um, there, there, there's, there, there's no origin. We don't it's know. Just, we don't it's know why. It's just It's becoming slowly becoming normal yeah. to have these things. As then it'll be slowly, it'll slowly become normal to have these things happen for extended periods of time. Yeah, and we, we and we've noticed that before. That slow. It's always the slow creep where you start to lose things. And so I, I mean, with what we've experienced over the last three years, it's interesting to me, or four years now, um, it's just very interesting to me. Again, not ascribing anything. I mean, it could be completely innocent, but the total and constant lack of transparency is what always concerns me when it comes to these things. Yeah. You know, I know it's just today, so, you know, to, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not really, I don't have much benefit of the doubt to give anymore to anybody. That is one bank, <laughs> bank account that is empty. That is an empty account, I'll tell you. Um, but here's one thing I would love to bring up. Now we're getting away from that. I just wanted to touch on it because, of course, it affected a lot of people and there's a lot of conflicting or complementary theories out there. But this is something a little bit more up your um, alley, and well, everything's up your alley. <laughs> uh, you, you, I can talk to you about pretty much anything. But this is in your wheelhouse, and I think that this is something that I have not had any time to discuss recently. And is these massive farmer demonstrations mm. that we're seeing all over Europe now? Madrid is the the most recent one that has a lot of farmers out there with their tractors and railing against these. Um, these crippling, as they, they call it, green policies mm. that are essentially forcing farms to shut down, destroy crops and whatever, because they want to cut down on CO2. I, I Nitrogen, have, whatever the gas of the week is. I know. Yeah. So that Spain is making headway today, but we've been hearing this France and Germany, Germany, the Netherlands. It's I mean, it's it really has been all over the place. And the, the media begrudgingly covers it to a certain degree. But I wanted to open the floor of this story because I want to know everything that you know about what is going on with the farming wars over here in the United States, more uh, specifically in Pennsylvania. Amos Farm, what is it called? Amos Miller, yeah. Amos Miller. T talk about this. So this is huge. I don't know if, if how much your audience knows about this. I mean, if, if you follow me, you probably do because I have been talking about it incessantly, so I apologize for repeating myself. But So I was uh, originally with the farmers in the Netherlands, this is kind of where it, I think, first got onto the radar for the general public. But now it seems that almost every country in Europe is going through this, which is a good sign uh, because no farmers, no food, right? I, I think even finally Joe Rogan managed to say something about this, like the one people that you're fucking with are the farmers. Yeah. The, with everything else going on in society, all the things that we've got to deal with, the farmers are the number one priority, ridiculous, right? So Amos Miller, for those who don't know, just a, a, an Amish farmer in Pennsylvania. Um, one of the farms, one of the few farms that I get most of my food from, been purchasing food from them for years. And they had, so they've upscaled their operation. And I'm saying that for a reason. Most of the Amish farmers, generally speaking, will only sell in a very specific way. So they don't sell in grocery stores. So they don't need permits. They don't need any of that stuff because they're only selling in a buyer's club. This is how they kind of get around 
some of the USDA, FDA issues. That's how I'm able to get uh, farm fresh milk into New York. Exactly. And, and, it's, and it's informed consent, which is so ironic in this whole thing, because you have to sign a contract essentially saying, yes, I understand the risks. I understand all of this stuff. So the farms completely cover themselves. You pay a fee, you sign the contract. So again, they're not selling to random people on the street or they're not selling in any supermarkets. So, but again, they have upscaled their, their production. They deliver to every state, every state, every continental state. So they were in trouble with the USDA a while back, but it seems that the USDA had backed off a bit. And there was actually, I wrote an article about a victory at what I feel like it might've been a year ago, maybe. I, I'm actually totally losing track of time now in, in all of this, but um, there, was a, there, there was a victory and I actually talked to the farm directly and they said, it is a victory, but things are not, you know, there's always something else waiting around the corner. Well, boy, were they right. So now this is the USDA that sort of backed off. Now in comes the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture, who, who had, according to Amos Miller's attorney, Robert Barnes, uh, had been on all of the calls with the USDA and their counsel. So, but, but they never said a word. They yeah. were essentially just, you know, passengers um, on this ship of litigation. And it was finally resolved with the USDA. And then lo and behold, at the very beginning of this year in January, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture raided Amos Miller's farm out of nowhere. And they didn't even notify his attorney. And they knew damn well that Barnes was representing them because they had been on all those calls. So basically telling him you're, you're in violation of X, Y, and Z. And what Barnes has been saying is they've essentially made up laws and they've broken laws that are on the books. And so he's starting to wonder whether they have a judge in their pocket or not, because when he brings this to a hearing, uh, legally, there's no way they should be able to get away with this. In fact, this hearing is actually from the week that we're recording this. It's a week from today, February 29th, um, the leap day um, is, is going to be this hearing. So essentially what the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture has done is they've uh, ordered detainment and destruction of all raw dairy, all of their dairy. So I, I found this out because I went onto the website a few weeks back and went to order like I have been doing for years and everything was out of stock. I was like, that's, that's really strange. I mean, not everything should be out of stock. Um, over a half a million dollars of food products have been detained. And I sent you, I think I, oh, it, it might've been in one of my health minutes where I actually showed some of the labeling. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. Um, and they like, like, like labeled like it's plutonium. Yeah, absolutely. Apple cider vinegar. I mean, ridiculous. And they said they weren't even keeping consistent with the foods that they were claiming needed to be detained and destroyed. They were labeling some and not labeling others. So it was very confusing. Um, now I, I want you to keep in mind that, so that's a half a million dollars of food that was destroyed. Now this farm has been serving the public for ha for, for a quarter of a century and they have had not one complaint in 25 years, not one complaint from the public. So again, and I want to kind of equate this to something in the political sphere. We have this thing now where what's happening is we've got a government who's finding crimes without victims, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right? Donald Trump values a property at X. The bank says, no, we think it's Y. They go back and forth. They settle on a, on a figure, apply a certain interest rate to a loan. Bank gets paid back. No one loses money. No one is a victim of a crime. And yet somehow 
a crime has been committed. Right. So I just want to, I want to, because that's such a big story and, mo- and people might not know about this, but I made that instant connection in my head as I'm reading everything. I'm thinking, here we go again with a completely victimless crime. These are people like me who have signed a contract and they're knowingly entering into this contract to buy food that is not sanctioned by the, you know, USDA or the FDA. It's not FDA approved. I'm fine with that. Um, well, I, I, I'm also the first place I go to is to think that there are there are many cities right now that are set up to provide people with clean crack pipes and drug paraphernalia every month. Sure. And the fact that they're, they they may be arrested for providing people sauerkraut. Yeah. You know, that that's yeah. this is one. I know. And so I want to get I want to go even further in this because I'm going to tell you where my mind goes. And Frank, I don't I don't want to be right about any of this stuff. I don't. Because where it leads is bad. And, and it's been bad for a long time. And I've, I've been writing about this basically ever since I started any kind of social media account back in 2019. And honestly, I believe I was late to the game. I just had no interest in social media. But I, I noticed all these things happening. But now it's literally on my doorstep and I cannot ignore it any longer. So, so here's the other part. Of all the foods they ordered destroyed, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture has also not produced any of the test results for any of the food. In other words, they've tested it all, but you know clearly that if they had found anything, they would put that right up in front of your face, mm-hmm. right? Of course, but they have, but, and the attorney has requested the test results. And then they went and did their own testing, the farm and, and the attorney, they paid for their own third-party testing, found nothing, no problems with any of the food, which explains exactly why they're, Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture is refusing to release the test results. But what they've done is in the meantime, by sequestering the food, is that it's all gone bad. So that food is now a complete loss. So even if Barnes is able to win the appeal, which is on the 29th, it doesn't matter. So now he's trying to demand damage, damages from the Pennsylvania Department For of Agriculture. For the half a million dollars. Yeah, of all the food that was destroyed. So there's a gives and go to try to support them. But it gets worse. So the food is detained and ordered to be destroyed, although it's not destroyed. It's just basically kept in the shed, you know, or wherever it is in the farm. Okay. So Barnes suggests that, okay, well, if we're not going to be able to have you sell this to the public, we should at least, you know, you can feed your family and feed your animals. The Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture says, no, you are not allowed to feed your pigs this food. And they will tell you which food that you have grown, what you and your family, the farmers who own the land, are allowed to consume. Dear Jesus. So, that, so I, again, I'm just walking the audience through what's happening here. Dear this is directly Jesus. from the attorney. So this is not this. speculation. The Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture also tried to interrogate Amos Miller during an active case without his counsel present. So they're trying to intimidate an Amish farmer, and, and if you know anything about the Amish, and, and specifically Barnes talks about this, they are not litigious people. They operate with a worldview that they assume everybody else operates with. You know, morals, ethics. And so he's trying to negotiate with people who want to destroy his business and his livelihood and his way of life. You cannot negotiate with these people. So I'm really happy that they have Barnes. 
Um, I, and I'm really happy that there's people out there that, that bend over backwards to try to convince everybody that the Kremlin is uh, is is far worse a play, far runs there. We run our country over here far more humanely than the Kremlin does. Anybody, any anytime somebody sits down and interviews Putin and they're not trying to nail him to a wall, they're like, oh, yeah, listen, I don't care. America has its problems, but we're still America, are we? Yeah, are we? Frank, they don't even allow GMOs in Russia. I would argue that Putin cares more about his population health than the USDA or the FDA or the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. And I believe I could actually prove that just with the evidence that I'm laying out right now. Because you've also got, I just looked it up before we went on air. Do you know how many times if you look up Costco or Walmart, how many food recalls they have? And yet the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture, which I'm assuming that there is a Walmart and a Costco somewhere in the state of Pennsylvania. Have they tried to shut down Costco or Walmart? No, of course not. No way. Because this is about destroying the small family farm. So he's not allowed to feed his pigs. He's not allowed to feed his family. So in an interview that Barnes did, I, I just have to reiterate this. He, so he had his team of attorneys search through history and I you know I would wonder if someone like Chris Ann Hall would be interested in commenting on something like this because I don't know this is not my field but he said this, that this is the first time it's ever happened in Pennsylvania and he said that this is the first time in US history the government has claimed authority to seize destroy and prohibit you from eating your own food without a permit you know because you don't have a permit but again He's selling to a buyer's club. It's a, it's a completely different animal. And again, that's, this is not my area, but I'm just going with what this attorney had said. But he can find no other case in US history. They are trying to tell him what food he can eat. So then I think, okay, Frank, what if I had a big garden on my property You know that I'm hopefully gonna find soon in New Hampshire, and I grow, which I intend to do, and grow all kinds of food. And what if I sell it to people in the local area? What if I give it away? Am I going to be prohibited? I mean, Barnes thinks they're trying to set a precedent with this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To go after not just small... I mean, again, the farm, the other farm that you and I uh, utilize, the, the one that uh, Meadow Ridge, they're just a smaller Amish farm, which is the only reason... But they're only a few miles away from Amos Miller. But the reason they haven't been impacted is because they only sell to a very small, few select states, few areas. Amos Miller was able to upscale his operation... His food is second to none, just like Meadow Ridge. And he was able to upscale his operation. And I think the USDA, the FDA, and the Pennsylvania uh, Department of Agriculture see this as a potential way that people could find health outside of the system. Right. And I'll also speculate here. I have no evidence to this, but I'm not even sure that this is coming from the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. I believe this is coming from the feds who are using the PDA as a proxy. You know, they said, oh, we're fine, hands off, this case is settled. And then they just kind of went back channel and said, now you guys, you know, jump in. Because they were on all of these calls during this litigation with the USDA and they never said a word. So either they were waiting for that case to be settled one way or the other and then go after them, or they just became the muscle. And the USDA, so the USDA can kind of wash their hands of this and say, this has nothing to do with us. This is the Pennsylvania, this is a local issue, right? Right. So... So that's, and, and so the, the, basically they're now trying to raise money. Amos Miller has, they, they have a gifts and go, they're trying to raise money. And uh, what's really shitty in all of this is that they had set a goal about $150,000, which they surpassed very quickly. But then guess what? As soon as they hit the goal, the PDA extended the detainment order. So you see, it's just a game of chicken, right? In other words, oh, you raised the money? 
now we're going to keep your food longer. We're not going to let you sell the food any longer. And now they have to try to raise $300,000 because this is their business. They're not able to sell most of their food. They're able to sell some of their food. But, but raw dairy is a huge part of what they do. It's one of the main reasons I go to them and I recommend people go to them because that is the highest quality dairy you can find on the planet. No pesticides. It's all raw. It comes from A2 cows, goats, and sheep. Like every, it hits every metric I would be looking at for quality, nourishing food. And that's exactly why they're going after it. But, uh, but by the same token, Frank, you've got a food compass that tells you that foods like Cheerios are an 85 out of 100. Lucky Charms. Yeah, better Lucky than, Charms. Le- better than steak. Better than beef, better than eggs, better than cheese. Can you see, please, see where this is going? This is why, you know, Frank, it's funny. I don't even get involved in the diet wars anymore. I don't care. That is like that, you know, that, that uh, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. The ship is going down, right? So if I sit here and, and people want me all the time, oh, you should debate this vegan. I have no interest in that. That is not the most pressing issue. The most pressing issue that we have right now is food sovereignty and our ability to even feed our own families. Because right now, a state Department of Agriculture is preventing an Amish farmer from feeding his own family with his own food. That should frighten everybody. So I don't care if you want to be a vegan or a carnivore. I really don't care. I just want you to have the damn choice. And that is what is on the line here. So I applaud those farmers in Europe. I was following their story uh, for a while until it came home. And then I just had to focus all my attention here because this is a farm that's three hours away from my apartment and one that I am now being directly impacted by. And it's going to come to you eventually. Mm -hmm. So get on board. If you live in Pennsylvania, right, you know, I wish I had... I, I can give you the information, but like I wish I there's there's a particular name of a representative who claimed to be on Amos Miller's side, but he's not really on his side and hasn't been doing his, and he's a Republican, so you know everyone thinks Republican Democrat. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yep. So that's well, the yeah, update. And I, I, that's one of those things, you know, a, a Republican. I think it was Roy Blunt from Missouri. He he, he was the one that wrote the uh, Monsanto Protection Act. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is when it comes down. Everybody's got to get away from that whole thing. Um, there's, there's real when when it comes down to the real dollars and cents. And for example, um, it's so. This is on the food front. Just earlier on today, I was talking with my buddies Adel and Zach on the four o'clock show that we do together, mm-hmm. and uh, they informed me about this latest thing from James O'Keefe. This uh, this this thing with the IRS. The IRS investigator, did you see this one? No, I don't think so. It's all about the AI that's been rolled out, not by the IRS, but by the DHS and, and by DOJ. AI that's been rolled out that monitors literally everybody's bank accounts <laughs> and activity and, uh, to, to be able to, I, I don't know, to, to, to be able to find not just fraud that is, that's going on, but anything that is perceived to be possible fraud so that they can then launch audits and investigations. And just through this automated AI invasive snooping into everybody's accounts, which you know what? I, I mean, I, I it's, I, especially since we're getting closer to tax season, I'm becoming very angry again. <laughs> I get very angry this type of year, this time of year. And it's because, I mean, I don't know. I, I uh, but, but, the, but just think about that. They have been able to apparently recover recover over 500 billion dollars so far just by running this ai on people's financial transactions and what's going on in their banks and all that shit 
reco- they call it recovery of funds. And, um, and and so when I think about what's going on in that end and what you're describing right here, mm-hmm. the precedent that's being uh, that's being put out there, that's being established, that's hell, man. That's- and do you remember before when, when I came on here and we were talking about C40 cities? That That still has not really hit. I still have not seen anybody else talk about that. Um, but that's the that's also part of the monitoring of your food purchases in New York City. I mean, Mayor Adams was bragging about that. So if you're using a credit card to buy meat, at some point, it may be declined. Why? Oh, well, because the meat that you're eating has exceeded your carbon allotment. Right. So again- There'll be a threshold. Right. So you can do it on the on the small farm front by direct action, but they can do it to all of us because and this is food that they deem to be an imp- you know have an impact on climate change or maybe they're just doing it for your own better health frank because we all know that red meat causes heart disease and cancer so you see it's for your own good you're just too stupid to understand how to take care of yourself we can't let you eat this they love us this food they love us too much to let us eat this food and i just found by the way i just want to let people know i found the name of the rep so it's rep dave zimmerman Republican in Lancaster County, not far from Amos Miller's farm. And this is right. This is written from Amos Miller, previously claimed to be about liberty and freedom, but is now refusing to stand with Amos Miller. Call Rep Zimmerman 717-556-0031 and urge him to stand with Amos. So, you know, you, you've got local uh, officials not doing anything to protect this this man. I mean, they're going to put him out of business. And And, you know, let's not forget. The Amish community also has a few other things that are very interesting about them. And they, let's just say they tend to not take all the medications and they tend to not take all the inoculations at birth or Mm -hmm. any of them. And they tend to have remarkably better health outcomes. So if you want to know my opinion, the other thing they're doing here by destroying the, 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 the Amish way of life and not allowing them to export it to other people, they're also actively destroying the control group. Absolutely, they 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 don't want any kind of being of comparison, oh, because there's no better control group than the Amish. Yeah, um, and of course there's a, a a much larger control group that is forming right now with the rise of homeschooling and people who are mm-hmm. just kind of stepping away from all of the childhood recommendation doses, if you know what I mean. And um, I gotta I gotta send you this this uh, this video that I uploaded I re-uploaded several times. Because it, I don't know how it survived on YouTube as long as it did. And let me go to Telegram because I know I put it up there recently. You have to you have to pay attention to this just for, let me see. Where the hell is it? This was incredible with the, the these three studies on shots. Mm-hmm. These three studies on shots and they had a really nice control group that that tells an incredible story and I got to get it to you. I, don't, I think yeah. this is it. Hold on. Do, do you know the name of the doctor? Yeah. Well, Dr. Thomas. Is it Dr. Thomas? I just know of a study that he did in his own pediatric you know, population. This thing is 14 minutes long. Obviously we got to, we got to, I, I would never be able to do this on YouTube anyway. Yeah. Uh, even though it was hosted on YouTube for over a year and I can't find it anymore, mm. which is why I'm so happy I downloaded it when I did. Yeah. Um, I'd like to jump to the second half a little bit early, and maybe we watch a little bit of this. Sure. 
um, especially since it won't be on YouTube and we can we can get away with it. There's other stuff that I want to, you know, let me do this real quick because I thought this is, you want to talk about meat and you want to talk about everything else. Um, here is such an incredible article from Engadget.com. The headline reads as follows. You've tried plant-based meat, <laughs> but here comes meat-based plants. <laughs> Okay, listen for everybody. We're in the upside down. Just, <laughs> just listen to this for a little bit. Okay, uh, South Korean researchers are infusing actual rice grains with cow muscle and fat cells. Mm -hmm. Okay, a team of South Korean researchers at Yonsei University have developed a hybrid rice variant that quite literally is filled with beef. The lab-grown rice. Uh, were infused with cow muscle and fat cells, so they are one part plant and one part meat. The rice is also an appetizing shade of bright pink, which tends to happen when flesh enters the picture. The team hopes to eventually offer a cheaper, more sustainable source of protein with a much lower carbon footprint than actual beef. It's also save time for those who can enjoy a nice beef bowl over rice. The rice is the beef bowl. Save time. Yeah. To, I mean... But, Laboratory infused rice with rice with with animal fat. What the fuck? So many things, Frank. So many things. I mean, look, you're never going to escape nature, at least not now. I mean, maybe someday in a very distant, you know, far off future that you and I can't even conceive of. But right now, every time humans intervene in in my field when it comes to nutrition, uh, or just you know health in general, preventative, they fail. They fail every time. Every time they introduce a food, a decade or two or three or five later, we find out, eh, trans fats. They were once considered a marvel. We were going to replace all saturated fats with trans fats. In fact, there were advocacy groups, you know, for this specific purpose. And then all of a sudden we realize, oh, there's a pretty serious uptick in heart disease with trans fats. Turns out trans fats aren't so good. But I remember people vehemently defending them on the radio. So we just... What's the word of the day? You said it before, right? It was, I, it was irresponsible, short-sighted, right? We have this unbelievable hubris when it comes to manipulating nature. And I just keep going back to E.V. McCollum and his work as a biochemist. He had no industries that were behind him. He was just on a real search for truth. And that, you know, thinking about that and reminding me of that episode you, they, that you did with Matthew Reif and talking about his great uncle. Just a being on a search for truth will lead you to amazing places. And then you have to contend with the powers that be who don't want the truth out there because they want to sort of, I mean, this rice bowl thing, right? Even if it was wonderfully nutritious, you can't have that in your yard or grow that on your own. You will be reliant <laughs> on a corporation to feed you and that they will get you there any way they can. And, and we made the joke when you sent that to me was, was the other adding animal fats back to plant-based meats. I'm like, we, we just keep moving slowly and slowly closer to actual meat. So why don't we just eat the damn meat? Because the fact is, and I just posted this on Twitter the other day, another study that came out, I think February 19th, like three or four days ago, another study that found no connection between red meat or processed meat and cardiovascular disease because there never was a connection. There has never been a connection. Frank, that way of thinking, like when you enter the scientific method, you have a hypothesis. And I'm open to almost all hypotheses. But the problem is it needs to make sense from a 30,000 foot view. And if you're going to tell me that cancers and heart disease, which have only been on the rise in the last 120 years, 
are due to a food that we've been eating throughout human history at the same, while at the same time completely ignoring all of the things that we have done to the human food supply in that same amount of time, yeah. you don't have a reasonable hypothesis. You have, a, you have a, an ideology that you are trying to prove and you will do anything you can and you will bastardize and twist and pretzel logic science to make it say what you want it to say. But that's not truth. And that's not, in my opinion, even a search for truth. So I, I, I got to say, when I listen, and I'm 100% on board with you with that, it makes total sense. And, and the way that you articulate it just uh, ingrains me, grains the, uh, the stance in me a little bit deeper. But when I read this, just as a casual reader, it reminded me of that atheist agnostic front that we see representing all science today. Mm. Um, those types who try everything in their power to avoid the concept of God the creator. Um, you know, all approved theories about creation of the universe or the cosmos, it always contains every element one would need in concluding that there must be an intelligent design to all things put forth by some kind of an internal, eternal source. But so few mainstream science uh, scientists or, or science outlets or whatever, they, they will never allow themselves to just name God hmm. or say that there, there has to be something beyond the spontaneous combustion of dust in nothingness. Hmm. I see the same pattern with the, the impossible meets now, just like you, what you just said. They're so close to just being, to just saying, hey, eat a bowl of ground beef. They're just so close to saying it, but yeah. no one can bring themselves to admit <laughs> that beef is the way to go. It's, it's incredible. Because it undoes, you know, anytime you create an industry around something, you, you risk destroying that industry with the truth. Right, and you can look at that in any. I mean, the cancer industry is just one of the most obvious examples of it, and why someone like Royal Rife would have been um, destroyed in his time, or someone today like Thomas Seafried, who has a, a ton of success, far more success than the cancer industry at large with treating cancers, and they don't even want to listen to him. Right, so it's this profound lack of curiosity and a disrespect for the way. The order of nature and even if you if even if you are an atheist out there and don't believe in god you don't have respect for the order of nature i mean it just seems to me that it's the it's the that's the path of most resistance is to try to constantly work against nature when you could just as easily work with it and i'm not against like i said to you before i'm not against pharmaceuticals i'm not against technology these things all have their place but what we're trying to do is replace yeah and I don't think that's a viable solution for humanity going forward. No. And, um, and uh, you know, I think we have some great stuff ahead of us right now because we have some flexibility. We yeah. actually did a lot in the first half, Jay. We did. And, we and, and let me just tell people real quick. So if you're curious about that whole raw dairy stuff, I know I said I was going to say this at the end, but on Saturday I'm going to put out a substack specifically on the pasteurization process and on why raw dairy is not a problem. Because I know sometimes... The programming is deep. It certainly was with me. I grew up thinking raw milk, everything, you know, you hear raw, you think it's bad. When I tell clients raw cheese, they even think it's bad, even though you can buy it in the store right now. It's no problem. People don't drop over dead when they buy raw cheese or drink raw milk. So I'm putting out a whole long history of it, and it is fascinating. So go to the perpetualhealth.substack.com page. It'll be out Saturday morning. And I really want people to get a hold of this and why these natural foods are so incredibly important and why they're not to be feared. And like 
like the whole COVID mess, why some of the history and some of the ways the public was manipulated are very reminiscent. So I, I think I think the audience would, would would appreciate that because it was I learned a lot in writing it. So hopefully they'll learn a lot in reading it. I gotta swap out that URL for the Substack. I just put perpetualhealth.co up there. Yeah, so yeah, you can put the Substack. Yeah. The, the, oh, so okay. All yeah. right, I'll I'll, I'll sure. replace that when I get home. Um, yeah, well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole other hour to go. We have some stuff that we're going to watch that is not uh, YouTube friendly and stuff <laughs> and all that. And and that's all going to be on pill.net or quite frankly, dot TV. Um, if you want to build uh, a future where we are live on everything that there is to be live on for two full hours, please consider uh, supporting independent media and becoming a sponsor. We have a lot of big, big goals, and I, my best ally and my best way forward is to recruit and uh, and bring on the wonderful, wonderful uh, people in these in this audience all over the place. And it would only take a fraction of you to help us get to that next big benchmark. Who knows what 2025 brings? But for now, this is big, and we're on our way. So, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please join us on the other side because this is going to be a really high intensity and fun hour, especially when we start bringing all of your questions into the mix. But now that we have this other video, we can watch any number, uh, any portion of this 14 minutes, Jay. I think you would really, really appreciate it. Let's bring it on. Uh, th this is going to be good. Come over because I never had I never had a chance of talking about this video before. And since uh, we'll be at a place where it's not going to be a problem, let's go ahead and do that. So come on over. I'll see you there. Everything else on quitefrankly.tv, the merch, how to become a sponsor. Email us. Become a part of the show any way possible. I thank you all very much. We'll be right back. The rest of the show is available exclusively at pilled.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls. No censorship. No strings attached. So head on over. Quitefrankly.tv. Powered by Foxhole. And pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. Frankly. Quite 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 frankly.
Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly. In Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? What about this one, Jay? You know this one? Come on. Not yet. Where were you? Where were you during this during this time? I don't know. The, the when, late late '90s, early 2000s. I I, I listened to a lot of uh, Seattle grunge. Well, I mean, so did I, but I still I, I still picked up on. No, I was a snob. On chill on like <laughs> Robert Miles' Children. These are like big dance. Did you did you ever listen to any kind of like uh, vocal trance or anything like that? No club stuff? I was no, I was a straight rock guy. Me too, but I still No, 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 no. Never the two shall meet. For me. I was playing in a band, I was learning at that time I was probably learning to play guitar. I, I just didn't I was I was obsessed with all things rock and roll. So like that's you know, STP, Soundgarden. I was just I couldn't get enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well don't but but remember, I mean, I also came from a classical background, so I listened to classical music, I listened to other I just didn't really listen to a lot of um, yeah, like I guess dance type music. I just never, never did it for me. Oh, I'll just yeah. go. I'll just go fuck myself. Okay, then. sorry. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. See, look, Frank and I finally found something we disagree on. I know. There's fine. <laughs> it's not even a disagreement. I just don't know where the hell we all were at the same time. I mean, yeah, just yeah. you know, whatever. Anywho, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is a uh, it's a good day, good night so far. Let us make sure that we get through some of our super chats. Let's get through some of our super chats, get this out of the way, and then I want to really sink our way into because a fourteen-minute video stopping along the way this will this will take up the rest of the show. Yeah, and it's so ripe. Um, Cody one one seven says this is from Rumble. Frank, can you ask Jay what his opinion is on taking anabolic steroids? I know they're terrible for you. I just never heard anyone talk about them from a holistic standpoint. Have you ever done any look? I mean, I I honestly haven't because. We just know how destructive they are, um, so I, I could certainly look into the mechanisms more. That that's usually whenever I'm trying to discern something's benefit or detriment, I always want to look at the mechanism. But um, everybody I know that's ever done them has regretted it because it's actually thrown off their hormonal balance. Even even I know a guy who did one cycle of it in his you know twenties or whatever, and uh, now he's in his forties and he still has some side effects from it and he eats like a super clean you know he's he's like me you know but he said man i feel like i was never the same after that and i don't know if that's a one you know just a one-off but uh yeah anything that plays with your hormones like that not good i know a lot of people that um that just had to do they had to supplement um testosterone for the rest of their life i mean you essentially shut your testes yeah. off and there are so many ways to gain i mean again if you're going for unnatural gains like I mean, let's face it, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he was not natural. So if you're going for that, yeah. I mean, I guess you have to weigh the benefit cost, you know, but 
there's you can gain so much muscle and be so lean doing it the right way like um the famous sort of like pinnacle of physique prior to that whole anabolic steroid era um Vince Gironda yes someone like him yeah that guy are you kidding me that guy looks fantastic and that's Oh, natural. Well, he, he he went, and I don't know how to explain it. I want to actually buy some of his books, but he, as far from a dietary standpoint, he was very, uh, he was rigorous when it came to training himself and other people. Whoever came to his gym, I mean, it was like, you know, uh, it was not sign up, sign on the dotted line and pay your money. It was like you were accepted or you were just told to get the fuck out. I and um, he, I want to understand the, anabo the anabolic egg um claims mm. that eating i think like two to three dozen eggs a day it it has at that point it it pretty much has anabolic uh properties to it he was also very big on beef liver uh he said they ate a lot of liver a lot of steak a lot of eggs and at, at some point you know it's just hard to eat as much liver as you you might need so that's when they started desiccating it and getting it into capsules so you're popping capsules instead but I, what what the hell is the basis of the anabolic egg? I mean, you're uh, probably diet. talking massive amounts of protein, and you're talking quite a high diet in cholesterol, which is the raw material for all uh, sex hormones. Okay. So it's probably the combination of those two things. And contrary to most people's popular belief, cholesterol is not is not bad for you. In fact, your liver makes most of the cholesterol in your body. So it's it's essentially it's essentially that it's it's three dozen egg yolks that it's really getting you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because the egg white is mostly protein, a few vitamins in there, minerals, but the yolk is the has all the the business. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, there that, that that's a good place to start. Uh 925 Wild G just simply says depopulation agenda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. It's hard not to think of that every time we talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Unpilled, we'll run through these real quick, and then we'll get to the uh, the main feature. What has become the main feature? Mm -hmm. Sean Joe, thank you. NJSF says research is now a rat race for grants, not the search for truth. So true. NX17 says Jay is such a smart man and wonderful guest. Oh. I agree. Cave Toad says I have nothing to do with the 2X flares, new bigger one, X6. One still not the cause. Figure DEI. I don't know what that means. It sounds like code. Diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Cave Toad, for that. It's wonderful to see you again, Sal. Say uh, Salion. Sal Yon. I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, do you think maybe a a, a DEI hire was the one who like just pressed the wrong button and ruined all the cell towers for a few moments? Maybe. <laughs> it could be. Uh, could be a, a diversity pick. Something. Uh, Sal, who I know is a couple, and I keep forgetting, I know that S-A-L is a, is a combination of their names, so I just, some of these screen names really get me. I didn't lose service, but my phone shut itself off for no reason. Oh, I used to have a lot of that happen to me wow. back in the day. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. NJSF landlines are also digital data. In case of network equipment failure, those also fail. Amethyst Cat, happy birthday, or happy Thursday, Frank and Jay. Lou Pepe Lupi, thank you. Thank you so much for the cookie. Jay Sam, great discussion of the Amos Miller outrage. We support Amos. Good. I'm going to, uh, yeah, there's many highlights that have been buried in that one. I definitely want to get some of those made into shorts and reels and put out there. And then thank you, C Blanche, for all the rest. Now, you guys and gals are encouraged to send in questions through those gold pills and through, quite frankly, Super Chat dot com which is our right over here 
Uh, Stostube says, Evening, Frank and Jay. Always an extra bonus night when Jay Gulanello is on, quite frankly. Thank you, gents. Gino says, I can't catch you live tonight, but all the love, Francis. Keep up the great work. Jay Britt says, Hey, Frank, I always look forward to Jay's insights on nutrition and health. Great show. Uh, Benny, Benny Farina says, Salute. Salute to Frank and Jay. Thank you so much, my friend. Shotzi says, great to have Jay in studio. I learned so much at uh, Perpetual Health to enrich my healthy lifestyle. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Frank. Would not have found him if not for your show. You're the best. That's great. Super Happy says, I love when Jay's in the house. Thanks for the twofer tonight, Frank. My favorite radio personality and my favorite wellness educator. Kudos to the both of you. Mm. It's wonderful to hear. I feel like we should have some wine and cheese now all of a sudden. I just had this really cozy feeling now. I just want to- I, I, Dude, I would, love to open up a, <laughs> I would love to open up a bottle of wine every time you're here. I'll do that. I'll bring the cheese. Please, I'll, I'll do it. We have some wine out there. It has just not, has not been touched. Uh, Doug2625 says, great show on Wednesday, Frank. Looking forward to Jay Gulinello tonight. And I just ordered a new, quite frankly, self-defense coffee mug. I, <laughs> I, I think I'll use it for more than coffee. It looks like it deserves a good stout once in a while. It actually does. You know, I was watching the end of um, Lord of the Rings Return of the King today. Me and Aurora finally finished watching Return of the King. Oh. And I'm watching, you know, Frodo and Sam and Pippin and Mary back in the Shire having a an ale together. And I'm looking at the mugs they're using. I said, motherfucker, that is very close to the Quite Frankly mug. Wow. It just, it doesn't have the Quite Frankly logo on it. But I said, that is so close. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I almost freaked out. I almost freaked out. I said, maybe we take this scene and superimpose it. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's a good idea. I know. Shem Infinite. Oh, Shem is in there. Shem says, keep up the great work, Frank, and a wonderful tip. My man, my man Shem, he's got a wonderful presence on the internet, especially on Twitter. We've been friends for years now. Never got a call from him, though. I'm looking forward to the day. Mm -hmm. Very grateful for you, Shem. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for waiting, and thank you for sending in those super chats. We're going to be getting to you uh, now, giving you something a little bit different now. Are you ready for this? This one is called... Do vac the, the the name of the of the video is called Do Vaccines Make Us Healthier? That's what the title was on YouTube, and hopefully uh, all the research is going to be put out um, nicely, and we can get to credit everybody who put it together. But like I said, this was a preservation project for me, getting this downloaded because I knew it was not going to last long, no matter how peer reviewed it was, no matter who has what credentials and what education, it just doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. So. Let's just jump into it since we're talking about the Amish, since we're talking about control groups. This is an amazing thing that we should jump in on. Do vaccines make us healthier? It's something every one of us should want to know, no matter where we stand on the vaccine debate. Shockingly, our national health agencies have never tried to find out. Sure. We all know that vaccines trigger our immune system. By the way, Jay, anytime you want to stop us for comment, just just say something and I'll pause. We'll do. All right. To produce antibodies and suppress symptoms of short-term, often mild diseases, and they may or may not prevent infection or transmission of illness to others. But do they make us healthier in the long run? That's the question three groundbreaking studies published in 2020 set out to answer. Each team independently and using three different methods, 
identified and measured the real risks of vaccines by comparing the overall health of vaccinated and unvaccinated populations, and the results were jaw-dropping. All three teams knew the only way to determine whether vaccines make us healthier was to study the differences in overall health between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, research the government admits it's never done. The facts are clear. The overwhelming majority of Americans, some 329 million, are vaccinated. Now, for those of you in podcast land, that is 99.97% of Americans have gotten at least one vaccine in their life, okay? Uh, so just consider that when you talk about, are you an anti-vaxxer, this and that. And we hear their stories every day on TV, from our doctors, and from our tribes. We see their stories reflected in our national health statistics with their disturbing upward trends in chronic illness, autoimmune disease, and neurological and developmental disorders. But we never hear the story of that tiny one quarter of 1% minority who've never been vaccinated. And we need to, because they're the only ones who can truly show us the answer to our question. Do vaccines make us healthier? We need to hear them because this small fraction of our society is often feared and, ironically, blamed for all the ills of the supposedly protected vaccinated masses. This minority is long overdue for a fair hearing of their side of the story. And as you'll see, the facts paint a compelling picture. The first study by scientists Brian Hooker, PhD, and Neil Miller analyzed health data from three U.S. medical practices. They compared the odds ratios for selected health outcomes in children born between 2005 and 2015. The study looked at the differences in rates of illness in those who were vaccinated during their first year of life and those who weren't. And they analyzed the medical records of 2,047 children ages 3 to 12. For all diagnoses with significant data, they found that children who were not vaccinated in that crucial first year had a much lower rate of illnesses than those who were. The team discovered that by age five, children who'd been vaccinated in their first 12 months were twice as likely to have developmental delays, yeah. nearly three times as likely to have gastrointestinal disorders, 50% more likely to have ear infections, and 273% more likely to have asthma than unvaccinated children in that same age group. Incredible. This study was meticulously constructed and peer-reviewed, and the results are significant. Still, the authors prudently note that further study is necessary to understand the full spectrum of health effects associated with childhood vaccination. Indeed, science never rests, and it's certainly never settled, so we continue to seek further enlightenment and, ideally, corroboration. The second peer-reviewed study by scientist James Lyons-Weiler, PhD, and pediatrician Paul Thomas, MD, took a different mm -hmm. approach to the subject. This study compared the number of office visits in the vaccinated and unvaccinated children. Like the previous study, this one also found that for every tract diagnosis, the vaccinated children experienced far more illness and dysfunction than the vaccine-free. In the report's charts, the vertical scale on the left represents the number of office visits for the diagnosis. The horizontal scale at the bottom represents the number of days of life for the children, shown in 500-day increments. A second scale shows age in years. For example, 
The rate of office visits for asthma was roughly the same in both groups for the first year of life. But while the vaccine-free children showed very little increase in office visits throughout the next eight years, the vaccinated children continued to require increasing number of asthma-related exams and treatments. Following similar patterns, other autoimmune issues like allergic rhinitis or hay fever, eczema, dermatitis, and urticaria required far more office visits for the vaccinated children. Now, now, Jay, let me stop right here to ask you a question. Somebody who works with statistics and works with this, these kinds of studies for a while, my question is, um, how do you? How does this account for the fact that I mean, you could say, well, if if ninety nine point nine seven percent of people are vaccinated, then of course you're going to have that much more instance of people going getting sick. Just because, is it? Is it? Can this ever be really just that they are pooling from a infinitely larger number of people versus a smaller number of people? Well. So I would have to actually, so this is the Dr. Thomas I was speaking of, and I know of this study, if it's the study that, that I read. And what's interesting about this, and hopefully this answers your question, is that he is or was, I think, I think they took his license, which sh shouldn't really surprise anybody, but a pediatrician, I believe in Oregon or something. And this cohort was all in his family practice because he was one of the few doctors that actually gave informed consent. So he had a range of people from people who didn't want to get any vaccines to people who wanted the full schedule, according to the CDC, and then in between, which was like the sort of, you could call it like an altered schedule. A delayed schedule? Yeah. Hold on, damn. They're coming to get us, Frank. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have played that video. We're having <laughs> un, you know, unapproved conversations over here. The thought police. Um, so I hope that kind of answers your question in, in terms of what's also interesting is that it's very controlled in the sense that these people are from the same geographical area. Yeah. They're from the same, you know, th there's a lot of variables that you could blame one way or the other statistically to make these statistics do whatever you want them to do but in this unique case these are all these are all people in his practice so he was still care he was caring for all of the patients regardless so i mean i guess you could say he could have a bias and he would be more you know but uh, you again know. it's a it's a rare it's an analysis of a very rare control group yes okay so that, that's why i think it's infinitely uh, uh more interesting than anything that we get from the television and and very valuable stuff without a doubt and frank i mean the as the audience watches this with us they should be concerned about the fact that why are the only people curious about this are the people on our end who are saying hey we just want to know the answer the the, the cdc has admitted they won't they have not and will not do this study why is that I mean, just ask that simple question. It's the same reason that the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture won't turn over the testing results from all the food that they deemed dangerous because it's not dangerous. And the CDC won't do this study because they're afraid of what they're going to find or they already know. Either they've done the study, right, and they're flat out lying and they know the results or they won't do it because they know what's going to happen. So we have something in, in, in science and in medicine and in um, the medical field called the allostatic load. And so when I see something like that, I think like when I was a child and how minimal the vaccine schedule was, it, it was so small that not that it couldn't still negatively impact you, but it's 
now we're up to I don't even know 72 doses over the you know dozens it, right. dozens and none of those so it's like just like in a food you test every individual you turn over a food ingredient a food label and you see 700 ingredients well let me tell you something all of those individual ingredients were tested for safety but guess what wasn't done they were never tested in conjunction with each other but that's how it's eaten so it's the same thing with the vaccines you can test one or two and some of the trials are actually pretty decent and but that's not what's happening in some cases you're getting many of these doses in a very short period of time so any offending ingredients mercury you know any of the polysorbate 80 i mean you can i think i've when we did the flu shot episode i think i gave out the address for the excipient list on the cdc website which tells you what's in every single vaccine and so you can just add up everything that you've gotten and you can add up all those ingredients. But guess what? Those tests were never done. Right. So not only are you not testing a vaccinated against an unvaccinated population, you're not doing that. You're also not actually testing the individual ingredients as they are injected. And that's all that matters. Right. I don't care if it's safe on its own. What happens when you inject it with all these other things? And well, now they're, they're, they're telling people, uh, they've got people like that that uh, that Kelsey guy from, oh, from the Chiefs please. go out there, get your double dose, get the flu, get the get the COVID, get them all together. He's got the two Band-Aids on. They're, 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 they're mixing and matching. I, everything I, about that guy is manufactured. Everything. Everything's weird. Anyway, we're five minutes through this, and we're already through the second study. I at least just want to get the third study, sure. and then we can just turn it over to calls and everything else, because this, this moves by quickly. I like the presentation. Yeah. Here we go. Respiratory infections and breathing issues all prompted significantly more office visits for the vaccinated. Now, keep in mind that many of the respiratory and other infections that affected both groups of children would include infections that vaccinated groups theoretically should have been protected from. Ear and eye issues were also far more common in the vaccinated, and anemia-related visits spiked in the vaccinated children at nine months of age when routine screenings are conducted. Visits for behavioral issues climbed steadily from birth, and ADHD visits revealed dramatic differences between the two groups. Since ADHD is rarely diagnosed in very young children, it prompted few visits in the first four years. However, at about age four, ADHD began to surge in the vaccinated group and continued to increase through the end of the study. By comparison, the vaccine-free children, surprisingly, had no ADHD. That's incredible. Yeah. Perhaps most telling, the research team was unable to chart autism rates at all because they were so low among Dr. Thomas's patients. In fact, his practice had less than half the national rate of autism. Now keep in mind that Dr. Thomas's practice honors the principle of informed consent. Yeah. As a result of the parents' informed and free choice, few, if any, of his patients are fully vaccinated precisely according to the CDC schedule. If a child has a negative reaction to a vaccine, or if there's a family history of reactions, sensitivities, or genetic predispositions, parents often elect to skip certain vaccines or all vaccines entirely. Uh, these policies suggest that the differences between the two groups might even be more pronounced if a never vaccinated group were compared to children who were fully vaccinated according to the CDC schedule. That's an interesting point. Given yeah. the family influences on children, Dr. Thomas acknowledges that lifestyle differences between the vaccinated and unvaccinated groups in this practice cannot explain the large difference in outcomes. And if they do, then it would be objective to conclude that everyone should adopt the lifestyle followed by the unvaccinated if they want healthier children. 
I mean, that and now we're going to go on to study number three. Anything you want to say about that? There's no, no, I'm just glad I was familiar with this doctor, his study, and I knew that it, this was out of his pediatric practice. Okay, yeah. so next I've one. I've seen interviews with him before. The third study was a national health survey that focused on the medical diagnoses of never vaccinated people of all ages. Now the control group's team set out to actually measure the frequency of illness, or lack thereof, by conducting health surveys of 1,482 never vaccinated adults and children. It was an exceptionally reliable, statistically powerful, 0.178% sampling of the estimated 832,000 vaccine-free Americans. And then they compared the incidence of health outcomes in the vaccine-free control subjects against those of the vaccinated majority based on publicly available national health statistics. And just like the previous two studies, the control group survey found that those who live vaccine-free lives were far healthier overall. The charts based on their results tell a shocking tale that cannot be explained by mere coincidence. Let's start with the big picture. The first overall chart shows that as of 2010, at least 27% of America's vaccinated children had chronic health conditions. Now that's 10 to 20 million kids and families dealing every day with issues like allergies, asthma, rashes, ADHD, autism, epilepsy, cerebral palsy, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, or even cancer. And sadly, the rate of chronic illness today is more than 50% in children. And for adults, it's even higher. Vaccinated children are over 3.5 times more likely to have at least one chronic illness, and they're 5.7 times more likely to have multiple chronic illnesses. That represents more family disruption, more medication and doctor visits, more expenses, and more risk from complications of infectious diseases like COVID-19. And for our adult population, with their cumulative exposure to vaccinations over a lifetime, the situation is even more disturbing. National statistics show that vaccinated adults are 9.5 times more likely to have chronic conditions, including asthma and arthritis, plus some of the leading causes of death, such as diabetes, heart disease, respiratory illness, and cancer. These adults are 43 times more likely to have two chronic conditions, and 12% of them have five chronic illnesses. These are the people who we've heard about on the news who are at an increased risk of hospitalization and death from infectious diseases like COVID-19. Yet none among the vaccine-free population fall into this highest risk category. Let's take a closer look at how these general health issues manifest in specific illnesses. As you can see, vaccinated children are many times more likely to suffer from asthma, eczema, food allergies, ear fluid, and strabismus, or eye alignment issues. Vaccinated populations also have far more developmental and neurological issues, learning disabilities, speech disorders, epilepsy, autism, and ADHD. For example, ADHD is 19 times more common in vaccinated children. Significantly, no vaccine-free babies in surveyed families had died from sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, and no vaccine-free children had cancer. Vaccinated people in general had 44 times more digestive disorders and a whopping 207 times more chronic sinusitis, or sinus infections. 
Perhaps most astounding is the range of illnesses the vaccine-free subjects just didn't have. The vaccine-free had no adult ADHD or asthma, no arthritis, no diabetes, no heart disease, and no cancer. To bring this message home, the control group's statistical analysis of national health data shows a very high correlation between the increases in vaccination since 1994 and increases in children's health problems. In fact, expert statistician Jan Willem Vandenberg has concluded that the survey results are staggering and the evidence presents a probability near 100% that vaccines are indeed responsible for the increases in chronic illness among vaccinated children compared to those who've never received any kind of vaccine product. These are not coincidences. And that's why, beginning in 2021, the control group is taking their case to federal court to seek legal protections for the vaccine-free minority, as well as for those who would prefer not to vaccinate. Their primary goal is to bring their striking litigation survey results to the public and to our authorities to stop the misleading and dangerous practice of calling vaccines safe and to ensure that all vaccination is voluntary. So now, I mean, there's only a minute left. They're just wrapping it up at this point. I don't know what happened with that. I never followed up on the actual lawsuit or whatever the hell it is. Probably still pending. It's only 2021, right? Yeah, I, and this is fairly new. This is the other reason why I, I saved it real quick because considering this was made, it, it was this was released in 2020 while we were in the middle of all the, uh, the COVID craziness, it seemed uh, a relevant and timely resource. So, I mean, uh, I want to go on a break, uh, but before we do that, you want to give some just uh, roundabout thoughts, then we'll take calls on the other side of it. It's just a, amazing to me the um, the all these diseases that are so rampant in society. And again, the question is just never asked. And you know, I have not with vaccines, but again, similar. I, I just while we were doing this, I pulled up this 2012 2011 paper in Nutrition and Cancer, which compared Amish cohorts in Ohio to non-Amish cohorts um, in terms of cancer rates, and the Amish or almost half, despite the fact that nutritionally, they do all the things that are against the medical orthodoxy or nutrition orthodoxy, right? Mm -hmm. They eat more calories, more saturated fat, less vegetables. Uh, they eat next to no low fat dairy. All their dairy is full fat and raw. Um, you know, they do a, a few other things like um, less alcohol and less smoking, which is obviously very, very, uh, it's not as, it's frowned upon in their uh, society. But it's just interesting to me that it seems, as I watch this, I see a lot of autoimmune conditions. And of course, you're creating a hyperimmune response with vaccines. That's the whole idea. So depending on how many you're taking at one time, does that immune response get programmed, especially in a young child who doesn't even have a fully developed immune system? Does that, you know, I mean, there's just so many factors. And I, I'm, what angers me is the, again, this just lack of curiosity. And to me, it's not, they're not trying to solve a problem. They're trying to sell a product. Ever since the liability shield was removed from these manufacturers, the vaccine schedule accelerated. Uh, and so I think if you want to reset this, you want to fix this problem, remove that liability shield. It happened, oh, in, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it, it happened in 1986 um, under Reagan. You know, in my opinion, he was manipulated. If we get struck by a biological weapon, we won't be able to make these vaccines in time because why? Because you're making products that you know are not safe. You're saying we're rushing these things to market. Well, what I'm telling you is 
okay, as a public, maybe we should be willing to take that risk because our chronic disease rates now are completely out of control and financially unsustainable. So remove the liability shield and all of a sudden, it's going to be way more challenging for companies to put a product to market and just say, everything's fine. Well, think about think about the, the broken logic and just saying, listen, we need a liability shield because if there's a public health crisis, we need to be able to bring something to um, to market fast. What the hell does fast mean? Uh, well, we just well, saw I mean, what fast meant. I, I, exactly. <laughs> what, 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 what is the value of fast if it's going to do as much, if not more, damage to a human being than the initial cause for concern was? Exactly. I mean, it's the stupidest thing of logic. What, what you have in that situation is if, you, if there's a, ma a massive public health crisis and you have no ways of treating it, uh, it's called you are in a fucking hard place. Yeah. And what you have to do at that point is scramble all your resources and start testing different therapies that are available, see what works off-label, just to try try some things out. But this whole with this whole idea that we need to bring something new to the market quickly and circumvent safety measures and liability yeah. is that is just such a crock of shit and we saw that during covid if it wasn't for the suppress i mean this is why these people are responsible for millions of deaths because if it wasn't for the suppression of early treatment which we now know was actually safe and was actually effective unlike this broken product they brought to market millions of lives would have been saved and economies would have been saved and everything would have been saved we would have been opening up by easter like trump said remember in 2020 he wanted to be opened up by easter of 2020 I still see people with masks. I just saw a family of three with masks outside today in 2024. So, I mean, they broke the public psyche, but most of the public doesn't even question this. Again, safe and effective, safe and effective. I think those terms should have legal liability too. You get safe? What does that mean? It's like when they say side effects are rare. Well, that needs to be quantified because rare could be subjective. There needs to be a there, there needs to be quantifiable data to say rare. They did that with myocarditis, and you talked to Peter McCullough or any other cardiologist. First of all, rare, and I, there, there was another word they used, mild. I think <laughs> mild mild heart, heart, heart inflammation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have our heart inflammation, let it be mild. Let it be mild. Yeah, the, these people are out of control. The gravy train is off the tracks, you know, off the rails, and. The only one of the best ways to reel it in is to remove that liability shield. And I hope that in an administrative change, um, I hope that's one of the first things that happens. These people need to be put back in their place. Again, I'm not advocating for the destruction of the pharmaceutical industry. I'm not that naive, but they need to be put in their proper place. And that place is going to cost them billions of dollars and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, back in the day when you uh, you ever you ever play Nintendo and you you strap in a game genie. Yes. Okay. For the cheat codes. The, the, the pharmaceutical uh, industry is essentially playing in God mode, mm. you know, where yeah. they are impervious. They, ha they have unlimited ammunition and they can just do whatever the hell they want. You can only make profits this much if you are protected from any kind of scrutiny. And you have governments demanding the public take the product. Oh, what a brilliant strategy that is. Well, we have no liability, and your government's going to tell you you can't even work unless you take it. Wow. Yeah. Imagine opening up a pizzeria and having the local government <laughs> uh, require everybody in town go and buy a slice a day. Yeah. 
It's like you, you yeah, you're going to make a you're going to be, you know, the Pfizer of pizza. Did you just see the so just a, a side topic but on the opposite end of that type of corruption, did you see a a, a mayor in Illinois just um is being investigated by the FBI, I think, for shutting down businesses who didn't contribute to her political campaign. So you see, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. human nature can be so ugly sometimes. And people aren't interested in doing the right thing and they don't care who they hurt in the process as long as it gives them money or power. So I, I never underestimate the ability of people to make the wrong decision at a critical moment. And COVID well, was the perfect example of that for all of us. I see. know, and, and, and the, the chickens are just starting to come home barely. to roost, barely, because look at this. Uh, I saw Steven Crowder put this out the other day, and it um, I I don't know who, I think it's Louder with Crowder. They did a little bit of a, a sting operation here on the 20th of this month. Red Cross official tells undercover journalists that they do not separate donated blood based on COVID-19 vaccination. They admit that rip recipients can unwittingly receive blood from vaccinated donors. Now, uh, you know, th that's a, that's aside from the fact that, yeah, the, the COVID uh, vaccine represents something that is completely experimental in the way that it is delivered through, uh, you know, mRNA technology. Mm -hmm. But, you know, every bag of blood out there that's been donated is is chock full of yeah. you know uh, vaccinations over the course of a lifetime or any kind of trace of that so but this is a, a separate type of technology mm -hmm. and this i'm sure you've seen this one the largest covid vaccine study yet finds yes there is a slight slight risk of health conditions linked to the sh so they're starting with the slight it's going to be the reverse of the effectiveness promises where it was like 100% down to 15%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's going to go slight to stay away from them. And I bet you any money, because I've seen somebody, I've seen like Drudge Report, Drudge Report for us. I go there now to take a look at the the um, the neocon sabotage, mm. uh, uh, you know, news aggregation uh, uh, operation that they are right. now. I just try to analyze how they pair things together. This right here, this admission that COVID vaccines find links to health conditions was paired with a 2020 article on um, on uh, President Trump fast tracking with uh, with what's we call Operation Warp Speed. So uh, automatically, they're just like, "Hey, remember who forced this out quickly?" They remember? always wanted to blame this on him. They, it's, it, he was it, in a no-win hey, situation. It's, just, it's, the, it's why it's the stupidest thing he could have done. I, 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 I always thought that back then. I don't see any redeeming quality to it. I think it could have been handled very, very, very uh, uh, politically differently um, to kind of back yourself away from it. Let the industry develop what they want to do, but just don't put your name to anything. Mm. I always thought that. But hey. well, you know, with that story, uh, even Chris Cuomo, I saw a clip of him pushing back against that study saying, well, seems like from the headline, there's nothing to worry about. He said, not so fast. And I was like, wow, when Chris Cuomo is turning on you, you know, things are bad. So yeah, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, my hope is that people start to realize how much they've been duped right from the start. Frank, I'm telling you in March of 2020, I was onto this and it's not, you know, it's not because I had any inside information. It's just once you understand how these mechanisms work, you just see the similarities in everything. Yeah. And I saw COVID as just a microcosm of other things I've seen in the science, health and nutrition space over the years and the, the, the way they were messaging. And, and I was 
and I had known one of the first doctors to get an FTC letter, despite the fact that he was having 100% success in a clinic. And I thought, well, that's really weird because you're telling us this is a deadly pandemic with no cures and we don't know what to do, but we know we can't do that. You know, so that was like my first logical, uh, it was a cognitive dissonance there. I'm like, well, there's, there's something wrong here. And that was March of 2020. So don't tell me that this wasn't intentional from the beginning whether it's released, you know, whether it was intentional to stop the election, whatever, whatever it was, it was intentional and it's been manipulated ever since. And we still haven't completely broken away from it, but we have to, because what do you think is going to happen between now and November? Who right. knows? Right. COVID 2.0. I don't think it's going to be a, a virus because that just seems to be people are on to that, but you can still use the same psychological warfare in just a different fashion. So that's why I'm adamant about people not forgetting what kind of psychopaths got on television and told people they shouldn't be allowed to go to the grocery store if they weren't vaccinated or late night comedic, uh, you know, hosts saying, uh, Hey, you know, if you show up to the ER and there's not enough beds and you're not vaccinated, eh, sorry. You know, people like Jimmy Kimmel, Yeah, these people are insane and they should be relegated to, I mean, they, they shouldn't be part of polite society when this is all over. No, no, no. They, they should, shouldn't be allowed. I know. I know that 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 would be the righteous that would be the righteous outcome. Yeah. The, the people that convinced everybody in the novelty of turning shopping lanes at a supermarket into one-way streets. Because you, you know you can only catch a virus if you're walking in opposite directions. Or 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 sitting <laughs> sitting down at a restaurant, yeah, being able to take your mask off because viruses they only exist at five yeah. eleven. You know, it, it's anyway, we're going to be right back and we're going to go through all of your super chats. They're starting to pile in right now. We have about nine, 18 minutes left. It's always great when Jay's by. Don't go anywhere. Quite frankly. a mouthpiece and you put it in a length of tubing, it'll resonate on certain notes, and I'll show you how that works. Here's a mouthpiece alone. But when you put it in a piece of tubing, it comes out about like this. And then what uh, this is, this is just a plastic funnel, but this is just like the bell on the brass instrument. And what this is, is like a megaphone. It actually takes that same sound and makes it louder. It's a weird misprint. Hey, how's essay? Yeah, right, uh, well, not so good, you know, I, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm seeing things. I think it might be because of these drugs the army put me on. But if you could uh, just get me well enough to get back to base. Right. <laughs> Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. What I do is just like, like you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? like. <laughs> no, I, I'm serious here. Oh, don't worry, Skrull. Now there are plenty of tards out there living really kick-ass lives. My first wife was tarded. She's a pilot now. 
I, I need for you to be serious for a second here, okay? I, I need help. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> All right, so that'll be this many dollars. And if you could just go ahead and, like, put your tattoo in that shit. That's weird. <laughs> this thing has the same misprint as that magazine. What are the odds of? Where's your tattoo? Tattoo? Why don't you have this? Where's your tattoo? Oh my god. Why come you don't have a tattoo? Oh my god. You're not unscannable, are you? Oh my god! You're unscannable. Unscannable! No, no, you don't understand! You gotta let me talk to someone in the army! Wait a second. They're all dead. Everybody I know is dead! Oh my god! Oh! Ah! Do you think you can make that movie anymore today? Somebody can. I don't know if it's going to be... The language. No, oh, I know. All there's, the snowflakes would be. There's that fag talk again. <laughs> I, love, I, love I love that movie so much. Yeah. I, if you haven't watched it or if you haven't watched it in a while, go depress yourself. Yeah. It's funny, but it, it was a lot funnier when it came out. Because it wasn't real. It wasn't real yet. Yeah. And now it is very, very real. And um, I don't know, I guess you can, another example of how the whole slippery slope thing, it's not, uh, it's the most true of all of the logical fallacies. I think, I think there's a lot more value there in projecting the slope. All right, let's see. Great discussion with Amos Miller. Thank you so much. We did that before. C. Blanche. Uh, Cave Toad says, damn context. The AT&T outage had nothing to do with solar flares. We need more text for gold pills. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about before, but now we know. Okay. Uh, Chai Possum says, Frank, can you please post the vaccine video in Telegram? I just reposted it there, but I had posted it a couple of weeks back, but it is fresh now on the, quite frankly, Telegram, which now has had the reinstated comment section. So please Go and uh, chill out there. And I'll, I'll try to mirror a lot of the things that I do on Twitter over there since I know a lot of people use Telegram instead of Twitter. But um, I don't like having one thing being too mirrored or else there's no reason to follow it. All right, let's see here. D. Daled says, fantastic show. Thank you. J. Sem, J is on fire tonight. <laughs> Stostube just sent a long sleeve of cookies. Wow, Jay is going to be really upset with all of the sugar you just put they in that chat. They sound good. Room. I'm fasting. They sound good, though. I know. Kind of uh, they do. I just uh, when I whenever I see cookie, thin mints maybe or. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to say this because I have some people in my life that make tremendous chocolate chip cookies from scratch. Every type of cookie you can imagine, especially around Christmas. My my wife, her sister. Inc I am so blessed when it comes to baking and all that stuff in my life. But whenever I see somebody drop a cookie in the pill chat room, I think of just the old-fashioned Chips Ahoy. Mm. And I'll tell you, I love taking those three at a time and pushing them down to the bottom of the cup of milk and then taking the spoon and piercing them and scooping them out like cereal. Ooh. Oh, so good. That's called cookie crisp. Essentially cookie crisp. <laughs> Essentially. But, yeah. oh, damn, man. I, I, hey, can, I, I can eat a whole sleeve of those at a time. I could do the same. <laughs> Will you? 
No. Ever again? <laughs> On a dare? Well, I mean, if Lauren wants to make me some cookies, I might eat a whole sleeve of those. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, they'll be they'll be from scratch. Especially her brownies are from scratch oh. too. But let me ask you. You know, I, I'll bring the steak, Lauren. You make the brownies. Okay. We will have steak and we'll have brownies afterwards. <laughs> Listen, it, barbecue season's coming up. Oh, I, 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 I mean, I'm ready. All right. So there you go. Cave Toe just gifted an EMP and just shocked the entire world. Says, can you please post that Vax video and links in the forums and everyone dive into the forums? Cave Toe, you're very efficient at using the forums. On Telegram, everything that I post there is easily downloadable. What I just posted on Telegram, the video we just watched, just hit the download button and put it into a... Um, into a forum link if you want and discuss what you see. Anybody can take that video now. So it lives on forever. All right, let's see. Over on, quite frankly, superchat.com, Rosie Rose says, please ask Jay what vitamins and supplements are good for women's hormone support and balance. Hopefully this isn't too complicated a question. <laughs> I mean, it is only because I need to know the specific situation, but what I'll say is, when it comes to female hormones, one of the worst things uh, that, that a female specifically can do is adhere to a low fat diet. So just make sure that you are, because fats are, again, so critically important to membrane structure and function. So what I would say is get things like your vitamin D levels tested, and then make sure that the fats that you're, that you're eating, that you're eating a good amount of fats and that those fats are high quality. So again, most of them are coming from animals, animal fats. And the plant fats I would say would be things like olive oil, coconut oil, um, you know, things like that. Um, in terms of supplements, I, I really don't do a lot of supplementing for that. Just just get diet in check. Make sure you're getting plenty of, uh, of animal foods because that, that has everything you need for, for hormonal balance. Oh, and also blood sugar balance. But again, if you're eating a lot of animal products, your blood sugar is going to be balanced because you're not eating a lot of refined carbohydrates. That's the other thing that's, that's really big in PCOS is um, loss of blood sugar control. So... Hmm. You know, on um, on Monday night, I think it was, no, 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 on Tuesday night, because I came back, what date was that? That, that was at the 20th? Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday was the 20th. Let me see if that was it. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I started thinking about this. I started thinking about um, Lucifer's Hammer. Now, I thought about you in the middle of this train of thought. Um, so in in the book that we just read, it was about a, a comet that hits Earth. And, of course, there's a lot about the actual destruction and there's about the survival. There's about the reconvening of whoever survived to try to formulate a better society. And then there's, there's just really interesting character arcs for people who had survived, including one guy uh, who is responsible for really saving so much of the information in form of his books in like a you know to, to 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 pretty much build society on again there's so many books a library of amazing stuff you know from mechanics to pharmaceuticals to how to make concrete everything his name was dan forrester and he was also overweight and had diabetes mm. he was on insulin oh. and of course when this is introduced in the book you're like oh lights go out the tidal waves come in i don't know what kind of stockpile of insulin this guy has but he's gonna have a hard time and I was thinking about that because, you know, that's a, instantly, whenever something cataclysmic happens to society, it doesn't have to be a comet, but we always talk about it. People who, you know, taking insulin these days has become mundane, you know, but it, instantly again, if there is an EMP 
Is there if there is something that really takes out a good portion of society, uh, infrastructure-wise, not necessarily kills everybody, but just sh- shuts down the system? I mean, that's an instant life or death situation yeah. for millions now. Yeah. And but the one thing I did say was that over time, years maybe after the fallout of something like a comet, diabetes and other met- uh, metabolic conditions that people um, develop, maybe they'll linger in some way, uh, but but how do you think that that would decrease over time? If a comet wiped people out, they started forming small agrarian societies again, and they would be, they're, they're A, they're more agrarian, they're more physically active because they're outside and working the earth. They're eating more locally, seasonally-based foods and all that stuff. The brownies and the sodas are gone. If there was a comet reset, for those who survived, what do you think the diabetes rates would be in four years? Uh, they would plummet. There's no doubt. Because, because Is it possible to de- develop it living in the wild? I mean, type one is different because that's autoimmune in nature. So I suppose there's always the possibility of that. And those people will require insulin. Although, again, if they control their diet, they need less insulin. Um, animals in the wild don't get, like, they don't get the diseases that domesticated animals get because domesticated animals eat people food and they live people lives. Mm. But you don't find that in the wild. And the things that you're describing are all the lifestyle modifications that I will make with a type 2 diabetic to help reverse type 2 diabetes. Now, I suppose there is a point where if beta cell function in the pancreas has gotten so compromised that it can't be recovered, although I've yet to find anybody like that, but theoretically, you could be stuck with it. But it is predominantly a glucose disposal issue. So in the wild, you're going to be forced to eat seasonally. You're also going to be, you're not going to be able to adhere to your vegan diet. I'm sorry. This is why I think vegan diets are, they're a construct of modern day life. You're going to be forced to eat real whole foods. And anybody who does that, even if they consume a little bit more on the carbohydrate, and that's fine, but you're not going to see type two diabetes. It's going to be, it's going to go back, Frank, once upon a time, it was called adult onset diabetes because it was so rare. Now it's type two because kids get it very easily now. So there's no doubt in my mind because I've seen it. I've, I've created that environment for people artificially, that comet disaster environment, and they go into remission. Hmm. So, I mean, it's just absolutely logical because it makes sense biochemically, it makes sense ancestrally, it just makes sense in every way. And, and to your larger point about medications, with what we're going to experience between now and November or going forward, it behooves you when you're talking about resilience in life, be on as few pharmaceuticals as you have to be. I understand there are some that you will have to be on. And if, they, well, if it weren't for those pharmaceuticals, you may not be alive, which is again, why I'm not totally anti-pharmaceutical, but most of them are wildly overprescribed. And you're only doing yourself, you're, you're, I think about that all the time. You go to like the walking dead scenario, I would be totally fine. I have no medications. What about people who have put themselves in a situation where they need medications? I'm not judging you or blaming you, but I'm saying it now is the time to take control of your health and get off of those things that you don't absolutely have to have so that if anything does happen, you'll be that much more resilient and ready for it. It, it, it is truly about taking control of your entire life at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I brought it up. I'm glad I brought it up. And, and I guess, okay, well, <clears throat> here's... 
I guess here's another question that, that came up around the same time because when I was talking about that in um, on Tuesday night, I think it was I, I was juxtaposing the questions about living life in in nature versus the fraudulent the this fraudulent pitch from like the World Economic Forum, people like Nicole Schwab, who talks just like her father and all of their their comrades out there about how they want to remake the world economy that puts nature at the center of the economy. We know they don't give a shit about natural anything. They want people to have chips inside of them. They want them to have, you know, they want them to meet their macronutrient goals by eating bugs and and just taking all the joy out of life. So I, that that kind of nature is nonsense. But also, as far as the the artificial. Uh, the attempt to try to recreate nature in an artificial setting was this story about giving men lactation medications, drugs, domperidone, things that make men uh, lactate from their nipples so that they can feed children whatever the hell their body is excre- excreting at that point. Uh, if a man, Jay, so I'm going to ask you as one of the last things for tonight. If a man pumps himself full of drugs to make himself lactate, what on earth is actually coming out of him? Because there's no way in hell I'll ever believe or accept yeah. that it's mother's milk and that there's no way in hell I would ever feed it to a child. What the fuck is coming out of these I, people's tits? I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you that there's a a recent article. That the UK is doing, a, or either is doing or did a study and claiming that male breast milk trans male breast milk or whatever the is just as healthy as mother's milk i mean <laughs> which is again just, we are beyond absurd at this point and to know that mother's milk can pass along things to a baby so can you imagine all the drugs that were needed to create whatever this white substance is imagine what it's full of but also imagine what it's not full of right mother's milk is nourishing beyond belief it's the, honestly probably nature's perfect food so no i mean there's I don't know what's coming out of it, but we need to take a stand at some point because you're right. It's they see themselves as God, I think, which is why they can say that what they're bringing to the people is nature, right? Because if you believe in God, then God created nature. And so by virtue of being gods, they are doing exactly what God would have done. Give you nature. Yeah. Here is your breast milk. Here is your food. Here, you know, but it is the actual, it's the total inversion of reality as is always with 1984, it's not about Big Brother, it's about the manipulation of language, you end up defining nature, and every time, it is as far away from actual nature as possible. And they use that because how can you argue against nature, Frank? I know. Just like how can you argue against the Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation? How can you, you know, any anything that they're telling you in a, in a name is usually the opposite of what it's actually going to accomplish. And that's exactly what's happening in that entire space. So nature has nothing to do with what they want. It is the antithesis of nature. I remember uh, when Aurora was born and Lauren was, was breastfeeding and I was, that's when I was getting my education on, on how amazing this, this stuff is. I mean, aside from the passing on of all these vital um, immunities through yeah. breast milk, how even just our inclination and our wanting to, t- to hold your, our child and kiss them on the forehead, do you know that that is a, an, an instinctual way of, of uh, inoculating them? 
Oh, with more bacteria. That, yeah, yeah, of kissing their forehead. Kissing their head is actually an instinctual way of passing on immunities, taking and giving germs and whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is. But w- the thing that really shocked me, Lauren taught me a lot about this stuff uh, as things were going on because she was learning too. But um, that if a woman has, for example, she's she's you know nursing two children. Let's say you have Irish twins. You have a uh, you know a one year old and a and a, a newborn, or or you have twins whatever um that if you're holding two children to either breast of the mother the it this is such an intelligently designed natural system that each breast i don't know how gives each individual child like customized customized uh, uh, milk like whatever that child needs more of there it's it, it's it's I, I, where the hell does that kind this of intelligence is, come from? I don't know, but this is something we studied in developmental nutrition, which was so fascinating that even through the life cycle, as the child gets older, the composition of the milk changes based on the needs of the child, which is just... It's just incredible. Like, how yeah. does each breast... Because yeah. it, it, it has to be, the, it has to be of course, the mother understanding who the children are. And then, of course... But, but even then, how do you know... If I, if I look at you whether I'm your mother or your father or not, how the fuck does laying my eyes on you, do I understand exactly what that child needs at that time and how does it translate into product right. from my, it's, no, it's, it's, it's magic, man. Yeah. I mean, nobody understands that. I know. It, I mean, it, yeah, it, and, it, and it's, it goes to the point I was making earlier. We just, there, there's so much to learn and so much to understand. I just hope that we can all try to remain humble in in the face of that right we're never going to know everything but um there's still so much we need to know and, and understand and so when i see people like you know with that vaccine video or whatever they said science is never settled and i remember i was thinking in my head yeah it's not settled for people who are actually curious but it's completely settled for the people who want you to do things in a certain way yeah and um that's the stuff that we have to resist well thank you for coming on again tonight jay yeah, it was my pleasure. I'm gonna I'm gonna swap out the URLs in the description of the episode, but please let everybody know the uh, how to find your Substack again. That'd be wonderful. Yes. So obviously I'm I'm active on Instagram, but it's just such a terrible platform. And they're, and they're so uh, you can go to perpetualhealth.substack.com. That's where I'm doing a lot of work, and then also Rumble. I haven't put up a video on Rumble in a while, but I'm I'm backlogging them, and I'm gonna start relaunching them there. And that's same thing. Perpetual Health CEO. Um, at Rumble, so those two places, and yeah, that that pasteurization article should be really fun for people to play around with and and to tease. Next time I'm on, we will we'll make some time. I, I would love to talk a little bit more about that um, that interview that you did with Matthew Reif. And, yes, and so your audience can understand that there there is a lot of science behind what his uncle was working on. And I found even recent papers because you you played that really great TED talk where they were sort of reinventing the wheel, so to speak, and pretending as if it was new technology, this sound technology. I want to go through some things with the audience that I think would be remarkable for them to understand how nature incorporates frequencies in a lot of different ways. Like for instance, a tiger's roar at 18 hertz can actually paralyze its victim, making it easier to catch. So the sound of the roar, the frequency of the roar can paralyze its prey. Isn't that interesting? Oh, we ha- I would love to do an entire so, resonant energy show yes. with you. So, so that's what I'm working on now, and um, you know, I'll write some stuff about it. But I want to talk about that next time because I want to, I want to give some recent science to back up a lot of what Matthew was saying, and to dig into a lot of what his great uncle was actually working on, which I think is another reason to stay curious 
uh, about things. So well, it, 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 hey, it, as long as your schedule, and I know you travel a lot, and I know that you're you're really uh, hot on the heels of trying to find a brand new life deep in the forest of New England. <laughs> but uh, it, I would love to have you on as close to once a month as possible. And if it ever comes to the point where, hey man, I you know I'd love to drive out there. You know if you're if you're in uh, uh, New Hampshire. When you're in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. I understand that a five-hour drive out here to be part of the show is is going to sometimes be a little taxing. There can be nights, though it won't be as cozy, that you can just Skype in or sure. Zoom in or whatever. But, I mean, we got to figure this out that you can still keep coming in here when you move. Yes. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know exactly how I'll do it, but, you know, we could arrange it so that there's and other And maybe every to... other one, every other appearance, yeah. you're in yeah. studio? Yeah. I, I have to still be able to make it in the studio every once in a while. It'll be worth it. All right. Well, well, I can't wait. Now I'm, I'm getting excited for the next time you're on because I want to talk about Rife. Yeah, and I hope the audience is too. It's really some really cool stuff. And I, I know your audience is super open-minded. And so some people may think, ah, that can't be real. And some people may totally buy into it. And I want to try to take you right down that middle path and say, there's plenty of science behind it, but we still need to explore it. And I, I, I really want to be a part of exploring that. So, Well, thank you for being a wonderful exploration partner. <laughs> you too, Frank. Right back at you. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for tonight. Go and check out Jay and all the places that you can find him on the internet. Stostube just added a very generous tip to the top of the pile tonight and said Cave Toad did it. He says EMP, consider that EMP matched via Super Chat, my good man. <laughs> Cave Toad knows how it's done. Nice. Well, I love you guys. I'll tell you, a, uh, a, there is when I say that there's about, there's a 1% of the audience has made what this show is on a production standpoint, what you're watching right now, the the glow, the quality of it, Studio A, Studio B, everything that we have done to to expand the operation and legitimize it over the years, that it's not just running on you know uh, scotch taped together uh, computer parts and faulty equipment and and, uh, and and just a lot of passion and love. Now that love has been attached to people who really do. Um, enjoy this believe in it and invest in it and it's it so few of you have made so much possible uh thank you so much and i i can't wait to meet more of you and bring you all into that fold because the future is bright regardless of what they're trying to throw at us regardless how they're trying to dim that light the future is bright and i'm i'm holding on to that all right thank you guys and gals so much tomorrow is friday hopefully we have our second guest in here since the resurrection of studio a matt We'll see how that goes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Take care and be well. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter, starting with Stostube, Rosie Rose, Stostube again, Gino, Jay Britz, Benny Farina, Shotzi, Super Happy, Doug625, and Shem, Infinite. Thank you guys so much. Oh, and GG1, I did not see this from last night. Thank you so much, uh, uh, GG1. I'm going to get around to this tomorrow. I'm so sorry I missed that, GG. Uh, good night, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. I'll see you on Friday. What's...
just a little bit of a reminder, a word to the wise, if you will. Do not worry about the worries from yesterday. Leave it in the past. Move forward with confidence because there are so many new things to be experienced today. New joy to be had. So move forward, be strong, and have a great rest of your day.